Aloha kala, everyone. Love in unity and light. This is Ashley from goldengoddesses.org, and welcome to tonight's episode of Threshold to Ascension Radio. My guest tonight, Linda Lobeck, was born and raised in Copenhagen, Denmark, with her psychic abilities awakened. As a child, she loved astronomy and dinosaurs, and at the age of six, she saw her first star being. Around that same time, Linda began having telepathic communication with her guides who presented themselves to her in human form. As Linda became aware that she needed assistance and tools to understand and best utilize her innate psychic abilities, she enrolled in a three-year psychic medium training program in her hometown of Copenhagen. She also underwent extensive healing to clear her own energy and old emotional patterns in order to be a clearer channel. This combination led to a further awakening and grounding of her gifts. In navigating 3D, Linda received a bachelor's degree in nutrition and a master's degree in IT and organization. However, she follows her sole passion on a daily basis as the founder and owner of her own psychic consultation named Wonders of Clairvoyance. Amongst many things, Linda is a professional psychic medium, a trained healer, and trained Shaktipat transmissioner, and we'll talk more about her gifts and healing practice in the interview. In 2013, the guides that originally presented themselves to Linda in human form were slowly replaced with star being guides as that aspect of her consciousness expanded. In 2015, Linda saw her first physical UFO in the sky which led to exploration that resulted in her founding CE5 Copenhagen in 2018. CE5 Copenhagen is a UFO contact organization based on the works of Dr. Stephen Greer, his serious disclosure project, and the ET UFO contact protocol he developed. As the founder of CE5 Copenhagen, Linda and the group meet once a month around the new moon, do the contact protocol, and have a beautiful out-of-this-world evening. Linda's passion revolves around the consciousness-raising aspect of contact with our star brothers and sisters and supporting others in remembering who they truly are. And you can read more about Linda's work at the website wondersofclairvoyance.dk for Denmark, and that link is in the episode description of tonight's show. So Linda, without further ado, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, and what an honor to be here. I am absolutely stoked. I was so thrilled when you reached out to me. Yes, I have a lot to tell. So uh, I bet you do. You have such a fascinating story. And one of the things that I'm really delighted to share with the Threshold to Ascension tribe 
is the understanding of here in the United States, sometimes we're a little bit micro-focused on what's happening in the United States. And so the ability to bring in individuals from around the world to share the kind of contact and the awareness of what's happening. So before we get into your personal journey, would you mind sharing a little bit about the contact awareness in Denmark as you see it now or in Europe, however you'd like to refer to it? Yes, yes. I think currently here in Denmark, in Copenhagen, especially where, where I'm based, I see there is this sort of small mental opening, especially the younger generations. There has been also the last couple of years, been sort of a lot of UFO documentaries on TV. And many people think that it would be illogical if there was not any life on any other planets. But I think most people think it's like microbes and, yeah, maybe plants or something like that. They're still quite far from extraterrestrials and spaceships. Yeah. And how prevalent are you? I mean, do you do this more open or more under the radar? I know you have the wonders of clairvoyance as your business, but the actual contact aspect, is it more word of mouth or is it comfortable to kind of put it out there in whatever kind of consciousness newsletters and things you have? It has been a process for me because things tend to be so quite skeptical about, well, most things. So most things you can't really measure. And I have sort of had a lot of verbal confrontation with people. I have not yet sent in an article in like an alternative newspaper or something like that, but I am very outspoken about it, especially since I established C5 Copenhagen, the UFO contact group here or contact organization here is registered with the officials and everything. I did that back in um, spring 2018. Me and my friend Martin, we sort of, uh, the two of us who, who runs it, and we have each of our areas of expertise. He's more sort of in the sort of web page programming side, and I'm sort of more in the general information, so sort of marketing side. Uh, well, I haven't not really done much marketing yet. <laughs> It's on my shoulders. We also overlap, and he's also very intuitive and an alternative therapist, as I am as well. And here in Denmark, I put emphasis on calling it alternative therapy, my psychic medium consultation, Wonders of Clairvoyance. Yeah, because it's also a way to sort of bring it down from being this sort of unique or something special or for special good people or something like that. I want to sort of bring psychic abilities down to a ground level. Say, well, hey, it's just expanded senses. It's ESP perception, and everybody has the seed to develop it. And just with some people, it's just naturally inborn, sort of quite developed. But I'm I'm quite outspoken. I don't give a shit. But can I? Yeah, it's okay. Can I? Is that okay? You can. Yes, you may. <laughs> of course. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try not to do it so much. But yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't give a shit if people think I'm uh, I'm crazy because they have not seen what I've seen. And when exactly. people exactly right, and when people come with me to and do Skywatch and do C five contact as of Stephen Gris contact protocol. Right. Yeah, and they have these magnificent out of this world experiences. They are transformed people. There is part of that, should we say, realization process that I'm currently in elaborating, and that is what to do with yourself after contact. Exactly. You know? Yeah, because you go out and you have you see light ships, you see, you sense the ETs, they show themselves for your inner vision, and you just feel like you're high flying, you feel completely ecstatic. And then eventually the night ends, everybody goes their separate ways, and then you sort of get back home in your neighborhood. 
maybe pop by the kiosk to get some milk or something. And then you're sort of in your natural 3D environment and you're sort of looking at the person behind the counter and just want to shout, I just saw you (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And the importance of taking it for me from just what I used to call UFO sightseeing into really that inner connection. And what does that connection mean for consciousness? I think one of the beauties, because you incorporate into your CE5 contact groups, your innate psychic and intuitive abilities. How do you bring that into your group gatherings or for the individuals that are with you that either see a craft in the sky or see it, as you say, in your inner sight or feel the energy because everyone perceives differently? What have you seen the people that have been with you? How have you supported them or how have they continued to incorporate that in their journey? I have definitely kept in contact with them and, and always telling them that I am available if they have any question or have any after effect or after experience. Uh-huh. People tend to so get curious by themselves and start searching different places on the web. And <laughs> so it says, yeah, they're so quite good at just sort of roll with it themselves. Some people, they know what they saw, but they can't, it still does not compute. Of course. They don't understand sort of how, from here to there, basically, what's the sort of in-between story or the in-between explanation. And because of that, it's sort of still a bit difficult to process. And, and I have, unfortunately, had a couple of people with me who so sort of eventually just said, maybe we didn't really see anything because they just can't. They don't know enough about it, I think, to sort of really... Well, I don't know if you agree with this. Oftentimes in our journey of being guides or supports or teachers or mentors or whatever language you want to use, it's recognizing we're oftentimes there to hold space and plant seeds Mm -hmm. and leave the cultivation of those seeds to their higher self. Because it could be the seed you planted with those individuals now won't Mm -hmm. be ready to germinate until five years from now. Mm, right. True. And your role in their journey is complete simply by planting that seed or giving them that opportunity. And I think, you know, my greatest success as a healer back when I was doing a lot of hands on healing back in Australia years ago was understanding it wasn't my job to fix anyone. Mm. My role was to be there and be the hollow tube for mm. what was to come through for their highest and best. And at that time, My team said, you know, sometimes the greatest gift you can give someone is supporting them through the transition from this life. Mm. It's not always about healing their physical body and keeping them here. From a human level, that may not make sense. But from a spiritual path, that oftentimes is really the greatest gift that we can give is holding that space for them to do that. And so that's really, I think, an important thing, whatever work our listeners might be drawn to do on their spiritual path. So going back just for a moment, we'll come back to CE5 Copenhagen in a minute. But you mentioned in our correspondence that your first contact that you recall with a galactic being was when you were six years old. How clear is your memory on that? And what would you like to share about that interaction? Yes, that's a very interesting uh, memory. I was about six years old and I was sleeping. And for some weird reason, I woke up in the middle of the night and looked out in the hallway and the door was sort of half open. There was like, it wasn't closed and it wasn't complete. It was sort of halfway in between. And uh, the apartment was completely dark. And I just looked sort of out into the hallway and there was this white being staring back at me. And it had the height of about a six-year-old child. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I thought it was a child ghost 
who maybe sensed that there was a living child living in that apartment. So I mm-hmm. thought it was a child to child, maybe a bit like Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> um, I think being six years old, that's sort of my way of explaining it to myself. I was like, oh, that's like Casper, the friendly ghost. So yeah, something like that. Oh, okay. But the being did look a bit odd because it was humanoid and it was a very, very white, solid white, but its eyes was a big round black-ish and tiny nose and a little slit as a mouth. And it wasn't until years later, many years later, in a channeling and meditation, I suddenly realized it was my ET guide. And that meeting that night, he had accidentally woke me up and I was not supposed to see him. <laughs> so the reason he was sort of staring at me because he was just as surprised as I was. <laughs> yeah. And did you have more interaction with him then as time went on? Well, yeah, I think sort of on a telepathic plane, as I've always been sort of in conversation with my spirit guys or on a daily life, but not really sure who I was talking to, just that feel that I got an answer. I did sense there was something living in my dad's wardrobe. There was something about that wardrobe. I could not go near it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's how sensitive children are, right? Yeah. And as I got older and got better at sort of remote viewing, I sort of looked back in time and yep. There was a little dark entity living in his wardrobe. So I was absolutely spot on back then. You mentioned that you're pretty much tuned in from birth. Was anyone else in your family intuitive that you know of? No, that's the thing, because I grew up atheist. And Denmark is, I wouldn't say Denmark is an atheist country. Well, it is a Christian country, as most Protestant, Nordic mm-hmm. But in Denmark, people are not really religious. I think there's like this new wave of spirituality going on these years. But back then in the 80s and 90s, no, not really. Not really. No. So I've been perceived as just cuckoo. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering if you shared it with your family that you'd seen these beings. I know that you said that your spirit guides appeared as souls that passed over. At what age do you think you stopped sharing what you were seeing and hearing and receiving with your parents or your family? I think it was right after the thing with the being when I was six years right. old. So I mentioned like a few things, the thing with the wardrobe. And also there was a teddy. I was sitting in my room playing and there was a teddy on the shelf and it was sort of leaning up against the wall. So it was quite far from the edge. And I was just sitting playing. Suddenly that teddy just fell down on my head, right. straight onto right. my head, as if something had knocked it over. No, I was met with skepticism and a bit of laughter, and then I just kept my mouth shut. And then when I was a senior, it sort of all burst open again, and then it came a lot, seeing lots of ghosts and auras and orbs and weird things. And back then, so my energy was quite in low vibration because there had been some problems in, in my upbringing between my parents and mm-hmm. sort of family, like a dysfunctional family. So, yeah, I had a lot of sorrow with me and, and some suppressed anger as well. and. Suddenly, this like very strong clairvoyant ability just sort of burst open. You can imagine what t- type of beings I saw. They were right. awful. <laughs> they were terrible. And oh, I remember I saw one sitting on the neck on the back on my dad. And it looked like it looked evil. It looked like a skeleton with like an evil smile sitting on mm-hmm. sort of not on his shoulder, sort of behind his neck. It was just oh, awful. So that's not a good combination. What I did was I started going into self-healing. I thought I need to heal myself both for my own sanity and my life quality. 
and then also to not attract these very low vibration beings and and that has definitely worked that plan did work and I, you were a teenager at this time yeah i was about 15 16 wow that's quite astute to do that so you did the self-healing i know you have a rosen technique and some others were those readily available in copenhagen i think oh what year has this it's, about, it's around 2000. I was sort of searching my way. As I said, I grew up atheist. So uh, I saw, came across the, the Buddhist and the Buddhist people and sort of was there for a while and took some initiations and read some scriptures, but got confirmation that, yeah, those things I see, they, they really do exist. It wasn't only within the Buddhist realm. It was also mm-hmm. like other spiritual books, psychic books. So yeah, just sort of spiritual communities. I also looked at you know, the Hindus and Christian realm. I actually had a meeting with a priest when I was 17 because there was a church just down the road he made me so angry <laughs> I came and said bless him he did his best but I, <laughs> I, I rang and established a meeting with him and came to his office at the church and said so and so I see these things can you help me and or explain what this is and he just shook his head and said well according to the bible we're not really allowed to engage in that sort of stuff just pray to Jesus he will be with you and I was looking at him just thinking screw you <laughs> <laughs> Not helping. There's such a box around those religions. Even though, if you look back to the Mm. early days of every single religion, there is a mystical aspect that predated the modern religion. And yet, because of the power and control and trying to keep people disempowered, as you say, they don't talk about it or they say it's the devil's work to put fear into people. And most of us either were kicked out of Catholic school or Sunday school or whatever your religion might be because we asked too many questions that they weren't allowed to answer or were afraid to answer. So you had enough insight and knowingness to begin reaching out and to go through your own healing aspect to bring that into balance. At what point did you decide to go to the psychic development school in Copenhagen? In all this search as a teenager, I also discovered the two terms, exoteric and esoteric. And I realized that many of the religions, they operate from a very exoteric level, meaning for the listeners, exoteric means the things you can perceive, being like the rituals and churches and temples and stuff like that. The esoteric is the things behind, well, behind the veil, you can say, like the mystical thing. Like if you do a religious ritual, the esoteric part is the energies and the right. angels and spirits. So that's part. And I realized there is this something called esotericism. So with that newfound knowledge, I sort of slowly started searching that type of knowledge, esoteric knowledge. I ended mm-hmm. up in the Theosophical Society and Rosencrucian order. So all up through my 20s, basically. So I basically spent my 20s on sort of reading lots of books and doing some fulfill uh, therapy courses. And then when I was about 29, there was like a big shift in my life because I had been working as a festival organizer for some years and doing humanitarian work in, in Sierra Leone, West Africa. And then at some point, I just felt that I was sort of finished, but it was sort of a finished chapter. And I also had to move and then... My dad had cancer and died. So there was like a big crossroad in my life. Then I felt this longing for diving deep into really training my own abilities because at this point, I had gathered like a lot of book knowledge and a lot of sort of daily practices, (laughs) a lot of understanding about what it was. Now I felt ready to also train my psychic mind. 
so Google psychic schools in Copenhagen. There, there are several of them. I just looked at them and felt, well, I know I'm supposed to say, well, oh, I chose this because I felt drawn to it. But it's actually because it was the easiest with the bus. Right. <laughs> they, you know, sometimes that's the way it happens in 3D. There's a bit of laziness <laughs> in there. I thought, yeah, it's just one bus I could just direct. So I went there, had a meeting with her and sort of like a pre-screening meeting. I'm going to go and feel her vibe. And, you know, if, if it's not right, I'm going to find somewhere else. But then it was just a perfect, perfect match. And her name is Lone Hertz, renowned psychic medium here in, in Denmark. Um, she's also Crystal Heal. So I actually ended up spending three years at her psychic school. So that was first doing a psychic education and then a mediumship education. And she has a Crystal Healer education. I went on a course she did. So that was like a new chapter in my life. Amazing. And how did your gifts do you feel develop from before taking the class? Was it more confidence? Was it more opening? My ego really had to bow down because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm really intuitive. You know, I'm, I'm going to wing it. And then I just ran into low blockages. I will not see that coming. <laughs> but I think, I think it did my spiritual ego good. I think, yes. I think it's probably a healthy process. Well, um, and I think the ego is one of the ways that those lower level thought forms can get in easily. So it's important. What else do you feel was developed through that schooling? My ability to tune in on demand into the spirit world, where before it happened more sporadically, but it was more something that happened to me. And now I feel I can switch it on and off as I want to. I practiced to see them with my mind's eye, and I also often see them with open eyes as well. We practiced the five expanded senses. You've got clairvoyance, which is clear sighting, right? So I'm lining it up for all, all the listeners out there. Clairvoyance is clear seeing. Then you have clear sensing, sentience. Yeah, that's uh, with the emotion. We can feel other people's emotion. And I've heard people say, oh, well, that's just empathy. No, it's not empathy because it's <laughs> someone standing behind me. Not that I feel someone is there, but I can feel what the person is feeling inside of them. Exactly. Yeah, that's how deep it goes. It's not that I just sort of sense that there are something with my sort of magnetic field. I can feel what they're feeling, even though they may be just sort of reading a newspaper or something like that. And then you have clear taste, clear audio and clear smelling. Yeah. And we did some awesome, awesome practices where I remember there was one, one spirit. I could just smell the, when men, they shave themselves, the aftershave. Uh-huh. Old uh-huh. Spice. Uh-huh. <laughs> old Spice. And I looked at a client saying, I think your dad used Old Spice. Yeah. Like, yes, he did. <laughs> this, is really, this is really strong smell of Old Spice here. Yeah. And, and taste, obviously, if the person had some, some, some preference for food or something. And then the audio is uh, when you can hear them talking. There's the inner ear and outer ear. And outer ear, I think it still scares me a little bit because there mm-hmm. is... Sounds like someone is standing next to me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that can still creep me out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, especially if I'm about to sleep. So, and besides that, it's like differentiating between the spirit. Is this a guide? What was the purpose of the guide? What is an ET, human, animal? And then also past lives and future lives, which for the record doesn't really exist because as we know, time doesn't <laughs> exist. So all lives exist simultaneously. I prefer to call it parallel life, parallel life. And that's why there can be this bleed over where you, if someone, they have a headache, like if they have migraine in this life, well, it could be because they were, had their head 
bashed in, in another life and that's how they die, right? Parallel life. And I think it's quite difficult for people to grasp this. There's only one now. Even this lifetime from birth to death is only one now. So yeah, it is. It is freaky. My healer abilities also just, everything just got boosted. Distance healing, yeah, I've, I had some really great examples where I've been on one continent, a client on another continent, and just been doing healing and clairvoyance, contacting their dead relative, healing dead pets. By the way, I have a thing I do. You know when you see, for example, on Facebook, videos are posted like animals being tortured, that sort of horrible stuff. Right. When, when I come across a video like that, I always so connect to the spirit of that animal that was tortured to death, and mm-hmm. I just sit with it and just heal its spirit heal its trauma. So I know I couldn't rescue it uh, while it was being tortured, but at least I can heal the energy from the memory so it doesn't bring it into its next life. That's beautiful. Very loving. And how long ago did you complete that course? I think it was 2015. Mm-hmm. So while you were in the middle of that course, there was a shift in some of your guides. Mm, Do you recall what actually happened or how that transpired? That was also another wacky experience. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've experienced many weird and strange things. So it was in the beginning of the psychic education. And also because I could differentiate between like four, five, six different spirit guides and a couple of them males and females and they have sort of had certain features, recognition signs, each of them. And then I asked them to line up in front of me, next to each other, almost like when you're taking like a school photo. So I said, can you just like, so, so I can sort of see you standing next to each other, can I so see you like that? And as I was sort of distinguishing them, suddenly this picture got photobombed because there was another being who suddenly stepped into this group of people. <laughs> and that was a tall gray and he was wearing human clothes. Yes, I was speechless. <laughs> and how much interaction have you had with that being? And have there been other galactic beings that have come in? Oh, I mean, I know they come in and out, but as far as your core team, yeah. for the lack of a better yeah. way to phrase it. I knew from that moment, I knew, okay, something big is coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> he turns out to be, it's a maleish energy. Mm-hmm. So I call him him. It turns out it was him who was the little spirit. Uh-huh. Yes, oh, yes. That, <laughs> he said, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> and apparently I did a, a psychic session with, with another ET psychic. Yeah, because, you know, it can be a bit difficult to do clairvoyance on oneself, you know, to a certain degree, but only to the degree that I can sort of look within or so. Doing clairvoyance on oneself is a bit like a dentist trying to fix his own teeth. Like, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> he might be the world's greatest dentist, but even he needs someone to look objectively at it, right? So this fella, we found out his, we sort of got a name. I'm not sure, if, I think it's a s- symbolic name, but he calls himself Eloi. And he's sort of my, pro- not protect, I was that big brother sort of male energy, sort of. Every night when I sleep, he's the E.T. who comes and gets my soul and brings me back mm-hmm. to my spaceship. Mm-hmm. That one was big to swallow. I said, uh, bring me back to my spaceship. Can I have that one more time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it sounds really crazy, but suddenly everything made sense. <laughs> and that's because when we incarnate, you know, we incarnate for many different 
planes and, and areas and planets and some of some of us come here again and again and again but i'm one of those many souls who um so in my past life was an et and have brought much of this et consciousness into my human incarnation mm -hmm. so that is why i sort of feel a bit out of place and uh, i think people always sort of found me a bit different but in a very pleasant way and i also feel different but in a pleasant way and that differentness is mm -hmm. uh apparently <laughs> my eat that aspect of you you know as we talk <laughs> parallel lives versus past lives it's like you're still there while you're here there's that's an aspect the, of you that's and the, in the journeys going to the craft do you have any visual memory or energetic sense of what the craft was like and you may not have yes very much so all of this opened up suddenly i had when i did meditation and i was connecting with eloi and i could ask him stuff and he i would sort of astrally go there with him i saw uh, there's this lovely lady from new zealand called susie hansen and she talked uh, she's to a dear dear friend of mine she's oh, sorry oh, oh she's lovely she's lovely and her book about the dual soul connection and in that book she describes some things something from a spaceship which i also saw on, on the spaceship i was at and that is the shelf beds I would say dark blue, navy blue, something like that. It's a really dark sort of rubbery plastic thing. It sort of just comes straight out of the wall. And, and I think I, I'm not sure if it was myself I saw, if someone I knew, but it was a hybrid. I think that's the early stage hybrid where they're more ET than human, that the humanness is only sort of a few percentages. Right. I think it's the early stage. Oh, is it the latter stage? I think it's the early stage. Yeah. I've seen beings. I've seen, it is very true. There are these sort of, I don't like the word reptilian because I think it has, I mean, I know we use that word and it's very, very valid word, but I think it's sort of almost like a modern day word for devil, for devilish, everything dark and negative. So this reptilian, but I think it looked more like a dinosaur. It looked more like Denver the dinosaur. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. And so was it more benevolent? It than... was benevolent. Right, it was very yeah. positive. That's the thing, right? There's many of these are reptilians who are actually just really benevolent and not these sort of evil crocodile beings. Like it's, there's many versions of them. Like there are many versions of humans. And that's that moving into that sense of discernment, being able to see past any imposter energy because sometimes they'll come in with the mm. facade of being benevolent and not. And it's also about raising your frequency so you're not in fear. When mm. I was in my early 20s, I was very in constant contact with a dragon guide. Mm. And this being was very adamant that he was dragonian, not mm. draconian. Oh. And the difference between mm. that draconian energy, which can be a little more manipulative than the dragon energy. And there are many beings of different appearances. So it's that trusting your inner discernment. And keeping your frequency high, because as we keep our exactly. frequency high, they can't exactly. come in to that. And so exactly. there's many initiations that way. And so between 2013, when the shift began to happen, this being kind of presented himself again to you, mm -hmm. and you were becoming a little more initiated, if we should say, consciously yeah. in that aspect, in addition to what you'd been doing with your mediumship with those that had crossed over, it came to kind of perhaps a peak or at least an interesting aspect in 2015 when you had your actual first physical craft yes. sighting. Was yes. that in Copenhagen or in the surrounding? It was of actually. It was not in Copenhagen. It was of all places. It was in Vietnam. Oh wow! <laughs> because, when you were there on your humanitarian work. Yes, yes, I was teaching. Um, so it was a part of me studying nutrition, and so the humanitarian part is so teaching nutrition in a developing country. 
I had been so for the for the past two years at that point I had been sort of digging deep uh, UFO videos and groups and watching lectures from all over the world and so quite vibing a lot with the whole UFO thing and uh, we were at a birthday party there was we met some other Danes and they had a birthday party and it was up in a in a skyscraper on twenty first floor and we're standing in the balcony and I look out and there's like there's the moon it's the full moon and then next to it there's this massive white sphere that looks like it was made of plasma so it had a texture it was not mm-hmm. completely solid but it definitely had a texture and then I just said to the other people oh my god look there's a UFO and they thought I was an idiot so they went inside. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, now I was standing alone at the balcony, just staring at this thing, thinking, what is that? So looking down, seeing if there was some laser show. There was no laser show. So trying to find a, like a known source for it. But I was just hanging there, completely still and just hanging in midair. It was massive. And then suddenly it's evaporated the way smoke evaporates. And it didn't lose its spherical shape. It, it was like a sphere of plasma turning into a sphere of smoke and then mm. everything. And that then I knew this is because I have read that that is how interdimensional UFOs, that is how they can behave. So that was my proof. I knew mm. now I've seen a UFO and I have, you know, one thing is that, okay, my psychic mind and I so had these visions and astro traveling, that's all fine. But now I had a physical 3D right. experience and now I was adamant. I'm like, I am not letting this go. Now I know. I went from believing to knowing. Mm-hmm. So what progressed from there? Did you start seeking out others? Is that where you got involved with the E5 work? What actually transpired from that sighting in the sky? At the point I, want, I wanted to go deep into the UFO community, both in Denmark and internationally. But my nutritionist education took up so much time and I was also working on the side, like having a 3D job. So I just put it a bit on standby until I was finished with that academic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why it sort of was put on a standby. Until, yeah. Until, yeah, I think well, that's how some... the human navigation of our life is. We have mm-hmm. to weave all aspects. And so at what point did it come back into being something you were more actively participating yeah. in that was in 2017 so that i think i finished the nutrition nutritionist degree i thought okay i am out of here and then first i flew to arizona and attended the international ufo conference and ah. then yeah that was amazing we were uh, there joseph and i were there oh we were at a booth we were at the isetti booth in 2017 we oh my god yeah <laughs> So go ahead. So you attended that conference. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And then three months later, I flew back to the States and Mm. attended Contact in the Desert. Yeah. So that was also brilliant. Amazing. Wonderful community. And I just, I felt if I could just spend my life just going from (laughs) UFO conference to UFO conference. And at what point did you get involved with Dr. Greer's work? That was actually at Contact in the Desert. Uh, Stephen Greer, he did like a one evening with C5 Contact introduction mm-hmm. and so teaching. So I I was there and it was like a four or five hour thing, like an evening thing. And he showed us a lot of interesting equipment and guy watching and it was really good. And so that was, when was that? It was in May 17. Then come back to Copenhagen. Then in autumn, I, out of the blue, 
get a table at like a mystic fair here in Copenhagen mm-hmm. just on the Sunday. And I have my little, e- I bought some E.T. figurines at those uh, <laughs> conference because I thought I need some toys as well. Those mm-hmm. <laughs> need to have the fun bit as well. And there was this guy who noticed that and we he sat down, we had a talk and he knew some other Dane who were doing C5 and I met up with him. And then there was a couple of months where we we did some C5 uh, in, in Western Zealand. So since 2003, I've been thinking about it could be really cool because in, yeah, already back from 2003, I, yeah, I started Googling mm-hmm. everything. I was thinking it could be so cool to make sort of a UFO group. And after seeing the one in 15, I thought I, I need to do something seriously about it. And I heard about Stephen Greer and his contact protocol. I was considering, well, I should organize something. And then now I thought, well, this is the time to do it. So um, that was in Western Zealand and I'm based in Copenhagen. And there's, it was just the energies was not right for it to be there. And I also I do prefer to, to so be in Copenhagen because there are more people here. Um, there's a bigger influx of people and just more people who are sort of interested okay yeah so um so that's how it came to be so in uh, spring 2018 me and martin we sat down and said okay we're gonna make some uh, articles of association we're gonna do this and then we're gonna make a web page we're gonna build it up from scratch so that's mm-hmm. what we did we built an organization got it registered with the, with the officials and yeah it's, it's it's up and running so it's once once a month where we do the sky sky watch and do Stephen greer's uh protocol I need to make a bit of uh, advertising because mm-hmm. uh, on uh, June 29, there's this awesome ET channeler, Yvette Halovna, from uh, Slovakia. She will be flying up here to Copenhagen and we're going to do like an all-night CE5 Ooh. event out in nature. So everybody listening in, mark your calendar. <laughs> That's fantastic. And where, without giving away a specific location, if you, how far out of Copenhagen do you go? Uh, somewhere... Easy, accessible. <laughs> right. But I mean, an hour or so? No, 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 no need to. Yeah, right. I would say less. Not, not too far from public transport because mm-hmm. but a lot of a lot of people in Copenhagen, but myself included, don't, don't have a car. And right. there, there are buses and trains everywhere. So it's, it's well connected, but it's somewhere not too, not too far away from town, right. but, but sort of somewhat easily accessible. Yeah. Fantastic. And for those that are listening in, I will put Yvette's um, website link in the episode yes. information once this gets posted. BBS usually does it a couple of days after the show. So it'll be there if people want to check out her work as well as of course mm-hmm. Linda's Linda's contact information. So you've it's been, you know, about six months or coming up on a year that you've been doing these C five. I know the winter months are a little bit harder for physical sightings because of the, the sky, but what would you like to share about some of the contact experiences your group has had? since you began both the physical as well as the intuitive or the multidimensional sensory connections? We have, we've seen them. There was one evening where we saw like a bunch of them uh, on the sky, just moving about. They look like they're bigger than stars and they sort of scoot over the sky. They move really fast. And then uh, there was the night with the, there was the blood moon last year and we also saw them move about there was another evening where there was one short because there was nothing going on at the sky and it was still sort of dusky dusk like Mm -hmm. the sun had not set fully and then suddenly boom there was this metal ball hanging silently mid-air and it was sort of rotating on itself like top and bottom and it was just hanging there it wasn't moving at all it just because we could sort of 
see between the trees, like the distance, we could see it wasn't moving. And mm -hmm. uh, we stared at it. I tried to take a photo with my little mobile camera. Mm -hmm. It didn't really work out anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still it's sort of on my wish list get some proper camera equipment mm -hmm. also like thermal camera and stuff like that right. yeah and then so there was this cloud that came by and sort of covered it and the cloud when the cloud was gone the thing was gone yeah absolutely <laughs> so, yeah now with your intuitive like ability when you tune into the what you see do you at times get communication or a sense of the beings that are there or how would you like to describe that to the listeners yes. Yes, very much so. So in a, in, in, in a sort of clairvoyant medium way, in a psychic medium way, yeah, I, I sort of see them in my mind. I, I always, the protocol is sort of connect with them mentally, I, psychically. I mm -hmm. do it very, very consciously, psychically. Align my frequency with theirs, which is love and compassion, peace. Any, anybody can tap into it. And invite them and do vectoring where you sort of, you are out in, you sort of in the meditation, you go out in space and then you sort of slowly zoom into the planet, the area, the, the region, the country, and then where you are, it's specifically located. Right. So do a vectoring. Um, and everybody can do this. And I can just feel the connection as if it's very tangible for me. Um, it's very uplifting energy. It's a bit ecstatic. One evening, that was after the blood moon night. So I came home. And went to bed, and I had a kundalini rising. So, yeah, just feel my kundalini energy. So, poof, so blah, just blasting through me. It was amazing. Okay. I loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been working, side note, been working with my kundalini energy mm -hmm. for years and, and did a training in how to, yeah, transmit. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that in the after the show, give more detail, because I know that listeners will be interested in hearing about that right. transmission, that Shaktipat. So I know that you also, as part of, if, if I understand correctly, as part of your CE5, you do follow the protocol and you also do meditation and you support those that gather with you mm -hmm. to tune into experiencing the energies. How would you describe that to listeners who perhaps are interested in opening up to contact who may not yet have seen anything in the sky? What suggestions would you share with them? I would suggest the listeners to, first of all, ask yourself if you want to see them and ask yourself if you want to meet them, because these are beings that is, is, is individuals. Do you really, in your heart, wish to meet them? And if you feel any resistance, then, then work on that resistance. Mm -hmm. In my own example, I've definitely had nights where I would so wishing, oh, please, please show up, please show up. I would love to see you. Please show up. And one evening, I was uh, going to bed. I was in my bed. I was in my bed, but still with lights on. And Eloi, the, the, mm -hmm. the great, he came smashing through my wall in ghost form. <laughs> I screamed. Jumped up. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. I flew out of bed like a scared cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I told him, okay, fine, that I came. Thank, thank you for coming. Please go away. <laughs> so, yeah, the, 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 there is like a threshold we all need to, to pass it is because we, oh, we, we really, really want it. We really want to see it, but we're still a bit afraid of it. Right. And if we actually do see it, we get shit scared. Yeah, so it's sort of a gradual adaptation. And that's why it's good that the easiest to start with showing up uh, in your mind's eye, in meditation. And sort of deal with them there to know their energy and so sort of get to know how they look because they do look different. But some of, well, most of them look quite different. So yeah, get to know their vibration and then so sort of step by step 
yeah, then you can sort of ask for them to show more of themselves. And they're always willing to show themselves for you. They are thrilled when people are ready to meet them because they, they long for connecting with us. And what guidance or, or messages have in your own personal encounters have you received from the star beings that really kind of <sighs> made a big difference out, for you? That was out of the ordinary, out of the yeah. ordinary. So, yeah, I mean, there's like the, the usual stuff, like the daily stuff, you know, life decisions and mm -hmm. what to do. And if I'm writing an exam report, like, please give <laughs> <laughs> clear guidance and a working brain so I can write a good report. Um, <laughs> that's sort of the day-to-day -day stuff, spirit guide, lovely help. The, the things they have showed me where I was really blown away, even as a psychic, was uh, has been the times where I've astrally have gone to the spaceship. Mm -hmm. That's where I felt, okay, this is much bigger and much more complex than just talking to dead people. The, like suddenly speaking to ghosts seems like, eh, that's first. <laughs> <word>. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, nah, that's beginner's level. It suddenly mm -hmm. felt like that, um, where as communicating with girls had always been like oh this big sort of amazing thing that I was very intrigued suddenly that seemed like minuscule right. compared to this vast vast um, uh, uh, complexity of biodiversity and beings on other planets and our own place in, in that and other universes as well to make it even more complicated um It's like, this is a never-ending story, and it just makes me more curious and intrigued, and I don't want it to end. I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> and so for others who may not um, be in an area, or if they're interested in opening up, starting their own group for um, skywatching or contact, what recommendations would you make for those individuals? Absolutely. Uh, two recommendations. One is uh, uh, log on to SeriousDisclosure.com, uh, which is uh, Stephen Greer's own webpage, and you can follow the guidelines there. Um, you're also very welcome to contact me. Uh, you can find my email on c5cph.dk. I'll be more than happy to answer all your questions. Um, just make sure it comes from a loving heart and a genuine wish to connect in, in a peaceful, loving way with the, with these beings. Uh, do not do it for entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Don't be, uh, then they won't come either anyway. <laughs> so you might as well forget it. Um, but let it come from a pure space and, and personal space because you want to meet them. Um, yeah. And not make any fuss about it because that, Their, their existence is just as natural as our own. The only people right. who is not aware of what's going on, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I say, you know, these beings like Bacall, the, the lion being from Sirius and mm -hmm. Leah from Andromeda that I connect with, you know, they don't, they don't want to be put up on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to be exalted or looked down to. They really just are, are here to support and to share and to, to assist. And I think you and I share, um, that intention to hold the higher frequency. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things that you shared was important to me that from your perspective, it is more of that consciousness raising aspect 
of yeah. content that's important to you versus the conspiracy and the government suppression. Do you want to spend a little bit of time in, in sharing how you came to that um, understanding that that's how it's resonated for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the thing about sort of a government cover up and conspiracy theories and all this, which I called it mind fuck, basically. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of cover up going on. Um, I have, and that's been going on for centuries, <laughs> millennials. There's nothing new about it. Um, but I don't want C5 Copenhagen to engage officially in this sort of um, reflections because C5 Copenhagen's, the values in it is about the personal personal direct contact and experience with C with the UFOs and ETs. Mm -hmm. And as I normally say, when you when you see it with your own eyes, there's no more need to ponder or like this is the mind fuck stops exactly. um, and and also think it's further it's further for paranoia right. uh, suddenly people they can't you know they can't go to the supermarket because they think cia is uh tracking them with the supermarket's cameras you know it can really go over the top um well and i think also that it for me personally it keeps it in the mental body it mm. keeps it in a lower frequency mm. um, versus the, if truly ascension or awakening or remembering, however you mm. want to language it, is what your intention is, mm. then it's not about putting your head in the sand and ignoring mm. it, but it's nope. about where do I want my energy to resonate mm. with? Yeah. And do I want it to resonate down here at that mental, yeah. you know, or do it's I wish tricky. to? Yeah, it's very yeah. tricky. Do I wish to raise into the higher vibration, which for me is where the galactic brothers yeah. and sisters that I choose to interact yeah. with yeah. like to dance a little bit yeah. more? Exactly. Yeah, that's actually a really good way of saying so. Look up because if if people if they if they want to see ETs in UFOs, then look up. Don't look side to side where other people are sort of confused about what's going on but on a side note i have to say i i have great respect for the people who do, who does engage in uh, conspiracy theories and sort of combing through government documents to find uh, anomalies and like all of this i have big respect for it and i definitely think it, it there's a place for that and we need that because there's a lot of UFO knowledge that is not being um, published and sort of out there for the for the broader civilian um, uh, people. Um, yeah, so shout out, big up, and big respect to all you guys who does those kind of things. It's just yeah, absolutely uh, there's a place for yeah. everyone. Yeah, it's so, just that in Scene Five Copenhagen, that's not that area of ufology that we work on. Yeah, right. And so you just had a, a CE Five gathering not too long mm -hmm. ago. Correct, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I know that the skies were a little um, a cloudy. Uh, so, so what actually was that? The experience from that gathering? Yeah, it it was again so the internal connection, mm -hmm. the internal feeling. Um, I teamed up with this sort of spiritual group who was doing some some music and some chanting and mm -hmm. sang some loving, some loving thoughts. We were sitting in the woods uh, with a bonfire. It was very beautiful, um, and I could feel that these loving songs that. The ETs really liked it. They liked this yeah. frequency. And I thought, mm, okay, so I'm going to sort of bring that with me. Because what I, when I do Stephen Greer's 
protocol. Um, I usually call it meditation one and meditation two. Meditation two is uh, Greer's protocol. Meditation one is my little homebrew mm-hmm. of uh, preparing the group for Greer's protocol. And that um, that that practice is about um, it's some it's some mantra. It's um, uh, smelling some uh, some what what is some aromatherapy? Yeah, rose, rosemary. Oil. I just asked my spirit guide. That's why I turned. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah. uh, it's rosemary oil. Um, and some incense, and then I do some chakra boosting, uh, boosting people's energy bodies. Um, now, I think as part of what I call meditation, one I could add this of uh, these loving songs. I need to figure out what. If I can get the lyrics or something like that, because it was, the ETs really like those frequencies. Absolutely. So what, yeah. So that's what came out of that night. There wasn't much going on in this guy. Well, at least what, what we could see um, right. because of the clouds. There's always love. Yeah. yeah. It's just what we can see because of the weather that, that comes in. So um, thank you so much for your time and your sharing. We're about to coming to the end of the time for the BBS radio show. We're going to start the after the show. So we'll have more digging deep into your healing and things. But is there anything else that you wanted to say in conclusion? And also, if you want to mention your websites and Facebook page again. Mm. I want to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to 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 tell a broader audience about what we what we do here in C5 Copenhagen. And um, again, you can uh, you can always find out more about it on C5 cph.dk and for me myself uh, psychic medium healer and shaktipat transmissioner my name is linda lukebeck i live in copenhagen or Copenhagen, as we say in danish um, my web page is the uh, wonders of clairvoyance.dk so both web pages ends with dk um, right. and both of them also have facebook pages yeah i just want to say thank you so much i have a i have a feeling that this this goes out in, in broader and deeper than what I can imagine right now. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling it comes uh, at, at the right time. And uh, everybody who feels inspired can always contact me. I'm looking forward to meet you and talk to you. And um, Ashley, I want to say thank you to you. Um, for your time and your dedication for facilitating this radio show. Thank you so much. It's an honor, Linda, and thank you and our teams multidimensionally that kind of found us connecting on Facebook, and thank you for all that you do in holding that space for others to remember all that they are. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. It's another um, great show here at Threshold to Ascension Radio. Have a glorious week, and please keep shining your light. Mahalo and good night. Thank you.